This is the Adoptive Mom Podcast. Adoption may look different for each family, but we need solidarity from other crazy people who took this leap. And that is what we do here. We encourage, we build up, we share the wins and losses. We lean on each other and we get through this together. Thanks for joining us. Hello, and welcome to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I am Alex Fidden, your host, and it is my privilege to bring you guys new episodes every week where we can let down those walls we've built around us for people who just don't get it. We get it, you guys. You are not alone. You can find me on Facebook at Alex Fitton and the Adoptive Mom Podcast and on Instagram at the Adoptive Mom. And don't forget to check out show notes, blog posts, and other great resources at theadoptivemompodcast.com. This is episode 14 of season five, and that brings us to episode 77 overall. This is actually the second to last episode in this season, and that just blows my mind, y'all. Next week, we're going to be taking a break for Thanksgiving week, and the finale will launch on December 2nd, featuring a very special guest with an amazing story, which checks two out of the three boxes in the adoption triad. This episode is brought to you by Patreon supporter Ashley Churchman. Ashley, I am so grateful for you showing up for AMP in this way. And if you want to be as awesome as Ashley and get premium content like multiple weekly bonus shows, Bible study guides, free gifts, and more, head to theadoptivemompodcast.com slash community to join. Today, you're going to get a preview of such bonus content in the form of an episode of AMP Plus, the weekly bonus show for $5 level supporters and higher. These episodes come out every Friday, and in them we deep dive a topic, usually related to the one presented by my guest on the regular Monday show, and it's available to all Team AMP members through their Patreon app or regular podcast app using the private RSS link. But this one is for all of you, and we're going to be talking about things that you can do for adoption when you're just not in a season where you can adopt. This is in part to celebrate National Adoption Month, which is this month, you guys. I hope you knew that and are already celebrating. And it's also in part because it's needed. Every week, I ask my guests what their favorite way that their their tribe supports them is, and also what is their least favorite way. I ask them not to be mean or throw shade. Um... Okay, maybe sometimes, but to educate our support systems on what actually helps us. And we're talking all about it in this week's episode. So y'all, let's get to it. All right, guys, let's get into the topic at hand, which is help for us as adoptive moms. This is an episode which you can share with your support systems. You can pass along on social media. You can just comment on it and say, you know, what you think about it, what ideas you would add to my list, etc. In addition to this bonus episode being available for everyone, I'm also going to be making the Bible study guide available for everyone as well. So while this episode is going to be more focused on non-adoptive families, non-adoptive moms, the Bible study is going to be dedicated to helping us as adoptive moms accept all of the help that we're going to be talking about. So let's get into it. In case you're not an AMP friend on Patreon, in which case you would have missed out on my list of five needs that we as adoptive moms can fulfill on our own, I've broken down the needs that others can help to fulfill into five larger categories as well. 
So today we're going to be breaking down the needs slash gifts of money, awareness, time, presence, and prayer. So let's talk about money first. I know, not my favorite thing to talk about publicly either, but it makes the world go round, you know? We're going to do a linear timeline here, so let's talk about pre-adoption first. There are a few major forms of adoption, which I'm sure you guys are aware of, and they all have pretty specific needs. With both international and domestic infant adoption, the costs up front can be very high. Legal fees, medical costs, flights, and just all of the things can add up to be so much money. And many adoptive families do fundraisers and things like that to meet their goals on the front end, like selling t-shirts and crafts and other things. Um, Some people post GoFundMes and more. This is one of those things where a little from a lot of people goes a long way. Your purchase of a t-shirt adds up and that's how lives are changed, truly. Hosting a baby shower can be a huge help as well. And while this may seem obvious when the couple is getting, you know, a baby, Older kids need stuff too. I know, surprise, surprise. So for us in the foster care adoption world, those needs are not as costly money-wise, but there are always expenses that add up. Adoption showers are a huge way that you can help those adopting through foster care offset some of those upfront costs to get bedroom set up, add furniture to the living room so more people can sit for family time, upgrade a vehicle, stock pantries and fridges, and more. That helps get the kids in the door, but then what? So this mainly affects international and uh, domestic adoptive families um, that have to travel, but those travel costs can majorly add up. So you know the saying, pack half of what you need and bring twice as much money? Well, imagine that being every bit of true, but you've just drained your savings to get to this point, and oh yeah, you still have to eat on your trip? So maybe buying a t-shirt or a craft or whatever isn't your thing, or maybe you weren't around back when they were fundraising, but you can still help majorly now. Cash for food on the plane, baggage fees, money for food when they get stuck in a hotel room with a terrified child waiting on court stuff to go through, you name it. It still costs money and they don't have it. And I bet you have enough to help with a meal or two. So after things are finalized, any number of you know situations can happen. So many international adoptive families have to do something called cocooning, which is where the family hunkers down to bond and show the new child that they are the caregivers and the ones who provide for their needs now, as opposed to orphanage workers and random adults who pass in and out of their lives. This can be incredibly isolating for these families, and even basic needs like a jug of milk can cause logistics gridlocks for mamas who can't leave the house. So dropping things by, sending over gift cards for takeout and delivery and more can be a huge help during this time. For foster care adoptions, that bonding can often look like family activities or counseling, all of which, you guessed it, cost money. It doesn't feel glamorous to pay for a family or adoptive parent counseling session, but it can change lives, you guys. Uh, Also, paying for a trip to the trampoline park or movie theater can help that bonding process and take pressure off the parents to pay for more kids than they're used to financing. With each of these types of help, I want to share personal stories of ways that my people have helped in this way for me. So for money, I had people send me money on the cash app or Venmo during tumultuous seasons in our journey. I also had people text me, I'm at Walmart, what are you out of? And when I didn't reply right away, they brought milk, deli meat, and cheese because who doesn't need those things? Like I said before, money isn't everything, but it does matter a lot and make a huge difference 
So even a cool 20 for some strange foreign food while traveling or picking up some extra groceries while you're at the store and running them by makes you a part of that story forever. Let's move on to the next big way that you can be a part of adoption when you can't personally adopt, which is awareness. So listen, some of you may not be overly helpful and acts of service is actually at the bottom of my love languages, so I get it, so it's truly okay, but it doesn't give you a pass to sit and do nothing, sorry. There are lots of things you can do without making a single meal or cleaning a single bathroom, and I love out-of-the-box ideas, and I'm about to give you a whole bunch of them. So first, online awareness. There are a lot of cliches out there for social media activism and how it sucks and all, but it can actually help a ton. Share your friend's fundraiser, post a video of you opening the shirt you bought, share that girl you kind of know but not really's blog post on how hard her season in life is. Even if you don't know her really, I promise that she will be so grateful. You can even volunteer to help with social media for an adoption nonprofit. That's a huge need to fill for so many organizations who can't afford a marketing resources. So they're trying to run a nonprofit and do their own marketing. There are a lot more ideas of things that you can help with from your phone or computer. And I would actually love to get a discussion going on social media about it. So drop your ideas in the post on Facebook or Instagram for this episode. Another part of awareness is organization. Those baby showers we talked about, they need to be created. Other out-of-the-box ideas are gift card drives, adoptive family giving trees around Christmas time, meal trains. Uh, You can make an Amazon wish list set to deliver to your friend from another state and share the crap out of it online as a makeshift baby shower. Um, And again, I want your ideas on this too. Maybe your spiritual gifting is not gifts or quality time. Maybe it's administration, and God uses that just as much as the other stuff if you let him. A huge one with awareness for me has been people creating those meal trains, not just at the beginning of our adoption journey, but also anytime there was a rough week or Brian was going to be out of town or something. Also, those of you who share my blog pieces and share about the podcast and share about Patreon and share the links for all of it. Um, and the AMP store. Those are all huge in getting the word out that I'm doing stuff for adoption and that you are a part of it. Let's move on to time. This is a huge factor for adoptive families, not only in literal time, but also in capacity. Before we adopted and had bio kids, I never reached the end of my capacity, so I didn't know that there was an end. And I found out so very quickly that there is 100% an end. And once I reach it, I am done with functioning normally. I say this because you need to remember that sometimes your friends have the quote time to do things, but she just can't because her brain is too busy dealing with things like trauma. This is especially awkward when someone offers to come over for you know, for an afternoon and help with something. And I don't necessarily have anything to do while she's there. So I make up things to appear busy and like, I just don't have time to get to whatever she's helping with. It's a whole thing. So take the pressure off your friend by saying, literally just sit here while I do this or go take a nap or watch a show, whatever. With that said, how can you as a support system help with this stuff without spending money? So I'm about to say something scary for me because I'm a control freak, but cleaning and other housekeeping things are huge. Maybe you can't promise to clean the whole house or do all of the laundry, but you can do some of it. Text your friend and say, I'm coming to clean your bathrooms or, hey, strip your beds. I'm coming to pick up the sheets and wash them and I'll put them back on later. Another great way is childcare. 
And yes, I know this gets tricky with cocooning and DHS babysitting regulations and whatnot. But again, let's brainstorm on how you can help. And one way is side-along help. You may not can give your friend a date night out of the house, but you can come over and hang out with her kids while she takes a nap or wraps presents or takes a bath or takes care of another kid for that matter. You can also run errands with her so that going to the grocery store doesn't seem so daunting. Another huge need is fun help for older kids. With adoption through foster care, it can be our bio kids for domestic or international adoption. It can just be older kids who have had their world turned upside down. But they need to get out and have fun too. So go pick up a couple of kids and take them to the park or just back to your house or volunteer to do carpool or something else along those lines. Um, Another one is logistics help. Maybe you can't afford to buy groceries or send a meal or a gift card, but you could go pick up her debit card and grocery list or Christmas list and shop for her or help organize a birthday party for one of her kids or help their family with the actual making of the grocery Christmas birthday list or help with budgeting. Adoptive mom's brains can go from adult to mush in like one second. So helping with these basic tasks are life-giving, I promise. I have so many great friends who have given the gift of time to our family. One friend cleaned my whole house while we weren't home so that it wasn't awkward. (laughs) Another friend set up a meal train type thing, but for childcare. So people signed up to come hang out with our kids while we did things like grocery shopping or Christmas shopping or dinner by ourselves or cleaning or whatever. It was amazing. I had friends who sent their teenage daughters over to play with my kids while I cleaned the house with my headphones in. I had friends who had extra tickets to sports events and came and picked up our teen just to get out for some fun. Um, I had a friend push my cart behind me at Target and interact with my kids so that I could focus on my shopping list. And that same friend's husband came and picked up our teen and took him to a comic book shop once. This is this one is especially so endlessly full of ideas, and I can't wait to hear the ones that you've got up your sleeve too. Okay, you guys, this next method of help that I want to talk about is actually super scary for me because it may be the one that I'm the worst at, and that's presence. I know there are lots of us out there who are fixers, and let's be honest, we are really good at being fixers. We enjoy puzzles and can easily pinpoint a problem and think of and enact a solution. Um, This is so great in a lot of ways, but what if there really isn't a physical solution? What if the fix is intangible and it involves us just sitting with someone in their pain? Even thinking of it makes me all nervous and stuff because to me, standing still feels like a lack of progress. And if you're not fixing, you're harming, right? And yes, I know what you're thinking and it is very exhausting to be me. Um, And I'm about to get all Enneagram nerdy on you, so hang with me. But my personality type is in the intellectual gut anger triad with the nines and the eights. So we express primary emotions like sadness and fear through anger. And that gut part makes us pretty impulsive. So while this is a narrow view of what I mean, essentially, we see a problem, get sad or hurt or afraid of that problem, feel that emotion via anger at the problem, use our desire for justice and integrity to mentally solve that problem, and then act on the solution very quickly. Notice the distinct lack of waiting or thinking it through or asking the problem's owner how they feel about the solution. All of that to say, just sitting with pain and feeling like I'm not doing anything about it is very foreign to me. My friend and two-time podcast guest, Anne, is an Enneagram 9 and described her process of feeling pain as a forceful willing of herself to feel those emotions and break through that anger to get to the sadness. 
I'm also reminded of the movie Inside Out, which I feel is entirely underrated. Can we agree on that? Especially in the realm of foster care and adoption. So in the film, we're introduced to five emotions who are personified by characters, joy, sadness, disgust, anger, and fear. The whole movie is, and I'll give a spoiler alert here, it's about the character Joy trying to keep her person, Riley, a preteen girl who's just moved to a new city so her dad could find work, from feeling sadness. She runs the show, so to speak, as far as the other emotions, and she is constantly stifling the sadness character into submission. And eventually we see their person spiraling out of control because of it. In the end, Joy realizes that Riley needs to sit in sadness to be able to move on and heal. And once Joy chills out and allows sadness to take control of Riley, their world stops spiraling. So you guys, sometimes that's what we need to allow ourselves to feel the feels that seem scary or allow our friends to feel them and not try to stop them. So what does that look like? For me, it looks like friends coming over and just literally sitting with me. Not talking, not fixing, not distracting, just sitting. I especially enjoy watching a show or a movie or doing something mindless like cooking or something, but with others. So a few years ago, I read a book about Jewish customs that Christians could learn from. In it, the author describes how the Jewish people handle grief in their community. It talked about a scripted process of grieving from the initial event all the way to years later. They have a timeline of people coming to their house and sitting in grief with them, bringing them food, etc. Then they are walked through the process of venturing out all the way to getting back to normal, so to speak. But they're never doing it alone. It even has a mandation for community guidance years down the line, so as not to forget the sadness that is surely still there. Uh, Like the author intended, I think we can really learn from this. We too easily forget when someone has experienced a loss, whether it's a loss of a person, a loss of expectations, or a loss of a dream. We still have to grieve. And let us not forget to walk with our people through that grief, all the way through that grief. So as an adoptive mom, I will say this. I long for people to be with me in my pain and not pressure me into talking about it or bouncing back or dealing with it according to how they think I should. I need people to remember that I'm struggling months down the line. I need to be told that it's okay to still be sad, to still struggle, to not attend to others while I'm dealing with grief and loss. I need people to submit themselves to struggling with me and feeling things with me that they'd rather not. And as a friend, a mom, a daughter, a wife, a podcast host, and a daughter of Christ, I need to remember all of that for myself as well. Lastly, I want to talk about one that many of you may not be be able to connect with, and I want to recognize that. But as a believer, I need to talk about it and how powerful it is, and that is prayer. This is another hard one for me, I'll be honest, because I can be impulsive with my actions. It's hard to not feel unproductive when I take the time to pray. Now, I talked about this one at length in in the episode I did for AMP Friends on needs that we can fulfill for ourselves as adoptive moms, but Dear support systems, we need it from you as well. We need you to remember us in your prayers right now in the thick of it, but also months and years from now when the dust seems to have settled. We need you to reach out to us and ask for what you can pray for. We need you to do this because honestly, sometimes we can't do it for ourselves. I recently told my small group a prayer request, and then I told them that even more than the actual request, I needed prayer that I would want to pray for it as well because I didn't. 
I felt so hurt and disconnected and tired and bitter that I needed them to intercede for me when I couldn't do it for myself. So even though I often let my feelings and stubborn personality get in the way, this I know. Prayer changes things. It's not empty words. It's not a waste of time. It is meaningful in so many ways, more than just visible visible miracles. It changes hearts. It breaks generational curses. It mentally frees us. It opens the door to feeling those feels we talked about earlier. Sometimes, as I've often experienced, God is waiting with comfort and peace beyond understanding for us to simply ask for it or for someone to ask for it for us. Colossians 1.9 says, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. 1 Samuel 12.23 says, As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you, and I will continue to teach you the good and right way. <clears throat> Ephesians 1.16-23 says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe." That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So you guys, that's so powerful. Can you imagine the mountains we would move if we all prayed like that for each other? It gives me chills. But bottom line, to sum it all up, we need each other. And we need to know that it can and will look different, not for everyone, but for every situation and season as we progress within and process through the difficulties and heartbreak and joy and power of standing in the fire for the least of these. So my call to action is to stand up and do something. We all have a part to play and everyone can do something. I'm serious about wanting to have a discussion of ideas and tangible methods of offering help, like real help for our people. So let's do it. Reply to me in an email at adoptivemompodcast at gmail.com, on social media, in a direct message, in the comments on Patreon, anything. Let's connect and resolve to be better for each other. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Adoptive Mom Podcast. Don't forget that we're taking next week off for Thanksgiving. And then I will see you guys December 2nd for the season five finale. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to the Adoptive Mom Podcast. I hope you found encouragement here. I need you to know that you are enough and you're doing a great job. We are all in this together and I am over here cheering you on. Don't forget to check out show notes for this episode and other resources at theadoptivemompodcast.com. Thanks for joining us.